Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. If you like systems, then I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. If you're not a big fan of systems, then this might be a very valuable episode for you, even if you're not excited about it from the start. That being said, I think you're going to enjoy it either way. Our guests have written a book called Quantum Lean, which is meant to help people take their lean systems to the next level. Now, if you know nothing about lean, don't worry. We're going to talk about it, but think in terms of Japanese manufacturing. Think in terms of Henry Ford, and you're starting to understand lean systems. You're going to hear about the idea of quantum lean as opposed to lame, which is lean as mainly experience. My question to you is, which do you want, quantum lean or lame? We're going to get to a little bit more about our guests in just a second, but first... It's great when you have time to listen to podcasts, but sometimes you just need to get straight to the facts. And that's why we've put together the Leadership Action List. It's a year's worth of weekly action steps to improve your leadership. If you want to be a noticeably different leader in one year, this simple but effective resource is for you. Download this list for free at leadershipactionlist.com. Once again, for an entire year of weekly leadership development, go to leadershipactionlist.com. Sean Fields and Michael Sanders are the authors of Quantum Lean, taking lean systems to the next level. Sean has over 30 years of experience in a variety of industries working in many different phases of business. He's a network member of the nonprofit organization Beehive Fund, which assists companies with production scheduling, inventory control, and developing quality management systems. Michael has worked in every phase of the supply chain, including as CEO and president of Food, energy, distribution, and high-tech firms. He's also the co-founder of the Beehive Fund. He sought for his experience in negotiation, organizational psychology, Six Sigma, quality systems, and regulatory compliance. Here are Sean Fields and Michael Sanders. Sean and Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions to help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yes. Let's go. The first question, Sean, is for you. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? I would say as far as leadership goes, a lesson I've learned goes to a man that's very famous. His name is Deming, and he's the quality guru that helped Japan rebuild after World War II. And he was saying that your you know, leadership comes can be you know derived from three different sources you know one can be from your persuasive ability another can come from knowledge and then the the last piece can come from your formal authority you know the the power that's conferred to your office and in Deming's mind that the last one the formal authority that you have is really the least powerful of the authority and although he didn't say it this way he kind of in my opinion implied that if you get to that 
third level where you're having to rely on your, you know, on your position to get things done, you're on a shaky ground. You know, you need to be relying on your knowledge and your persuasion to get things done. And I've, I've leaned on that because I found that to be true. And anything you can do through your persuasion and knowledge is going to have far more of a long-term positive effect. Michael, this question is for you. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? A cooperator and understanding of people who he leads. A leader is understanding of the circumstances upon which he is imposing his leadership. And the third one would be a leader is identifier of the core uh, objective of the leadership. Sean, what is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? And this is related to the book, but the question any leader or anybody in an organization should be asking themselves is what I'm doing ultimately beneficial to the product or service that my, that my organization is providing? And, you know, to me, if you can't answer that in a yes, then you need to be thinking about what you're doing and making an adjustment because ultimately what you're doing should ultimately have benefit to that product or service that you're, that you're about. Hmm. Michael, what is a book that you would recommend to leaders? I think one of the fundamental books I read, which really helped me in my uh, career as a leader or uh, being in a position that I will be managing and then leading was uh, the first nine, 90 days. That is a very outlining and step-by-step type of a transitioning from current position to a leadership position, what should be expected, where you were, where you are, and who you were dealing with, who should be dealing with, and how you should have your attitude, your persuasion, your knowledge be transferred. That was a very, very good book for me, the first 90 days. And Sean and Michael, I'm going to have each of you answer both of these next two questions right here because I think they're really valuable to listeners and I want people to get your insight. The first one is this. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would it be? Sean, start off. To me, the thing that I would recommend any leader do is evaluate you know, not just their effect on the product, but also to me – one great step toward doing that is make sure you feed the troops. And by that, I mean the, the people that you lead, do they have the tools, the information, the, the actual materials they need to do their jobs? Because to me, when I'm, you know, just in my life and when I've observed things as well, if you can supply people with the stuff they need in the correct quantity and in the correct quality, that about 80% of your problem is going to be solved because, you know, if you look at wars, wars are won or lost by keeping the supply line going. Really, there's, there's more to that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't keep the supply lines going, you're going to be out of operation. Michael, how about you? In my case, I would summarize it in addition to what Sean said. I agree with that. I also summarize to one thing. When it comes to change, I would say a leader must commit, not support. I have seen over and over and over in many leadership type situations of uh, any size of the company, leaders stepping forward and stating that we support this, we support that, we support the change, we support the change. 
But the commitment to me is very different. As a good friend of mine recently told me at breakfast, chicken is supporting and the only commitment you get is from the pig. So that's really important. To me, commitment means you truly understand what the goal is, what the objective is, and you fully stand behind it and you do all you can to provide every resource or every possible uh, tools and knowledge that you can give to your troops at the right time. Supporting to me is not really working much. And Michael, we're going to start off with you for this next final question. And then Sean, you can finish up. This is what we call our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? I think it is better to ask why, but immediately followed by how. One thing I've experienced that we miss, especially in Western countries and primarily in America, is we ask a lot of why questions. We hardly ever ask how. How to me is critically important because it builds, it allows you to think, and it allows you to perform. And we don't do that. John, how about you? In my case, I'm going to take a wishy-washy stance, but I'm going to say, depending on your personality, it's going to influence whether you should say why or why not more. And the reason I say that is that there are some people I know, they look for any reason why you can't do something. And so I would suggest to that type of person, try to discipline yourself to say why not. There are other types of people I've met that they'll do stuff, but they don't ever question it. And I would tell those people, try to discipline yourself to keep asking why, because that'll at least help you improve what you're doing. Well, gentlemen, we are here today to talk about your new book, Quantum Lean, and we're going to get into what lean means. There are going to be, as we discussed uh, in uh, some conversation before we started recording, there are going to be people today that know what lean is already. There are going to be some people who have never heard of lean. So we're going to get into that in just a second. But before, I'd just like to ask, what is your thinking behind the book and what would you like the impact of this book to be? In my mind, the, the intention of the book is to take the good work that's been done in the lean community, you know, because lean has done a lot of good in a lot of places. But the thing that Michael and I have found when we've worked with businesses is that a lot of times these lean efforts derail. And there are a lot of reasons for that. But one big reason that's often not talked about is that in spite of people talking about how simple lean is, a lot of the things that have been brought into play for lean are complicated and people ultimately don't retain the ideas of it and then they misapply it and then they kind of lose faith in the idea. What we've, what we've tried to do with quantum lean is introduce a much simpler approach to lean that goes after the same target but gets into it in a much simpler way where people can grasp it very quickly, people can retain it. And they can really quickly start to develop a system that is self-executing where you don't have to rely on outside help and consultants all the time to keep the effort going. And if there's anything that I want people to do, I'd love people to take this approach, give it a real shot, because I'm super confident if they apply it to their business, they're going to see some really good improvements in their operations. 
And one of the things that I've found about a lot of systems is that people will take the idea and sometimes, like you've already talked about, they won't execute it very well. One of the things you talk about in your book is lame, which is lean as mainly experienced. Could you talk a little bit about how lean is mainly experienced and then differentiate that and what quantum lean is? You know, what I would say is a lot of times there, there are different ways lean can be mainly experienced, but a common thing that, that, that we've seen is that there's, and I, I've got a term for it, I'll call it Potemkin lean, where, and you know, the Potemkin village is a situation where the reality is nothing like what it appears. You know, you take someone on a tour of this village and everybody's looking happy and prosperous, but it's all a show to make things look good to, to visitors. And to me, that's why I use the term Potemkin lean. There are a lot of, you know, like posters everywhere. There are a lot of displays showing the metrics and maybe people have really cleaned the area up uh, real nicely. But what you really have is a situation where people are really put upon where they're actually having to collect a lot of information. They're having to do a lot of extra work in order to feed leaders and managers who are, you know, trying to build up support for their lean program. And in reality, you don't have an efficient system. You just have what looks like one. And, uh, you know, and really you've got a workforce that's kind of seething because they actually resent all the, you know, extra work that's being imposed on them that's ultimately being done for the glory of some managers who are going to take all the credit. And what we're trying to do with Quantum Lean is kind of cut away all the issues of appearances you know, appearance has its place because, you know, we are visual creatures. But if we get down to the root issue of focusing on a product, serving a product, getting a product out as quickly as possible, a lot of appearance issues will take care of themselves automatically. And But we can do it in a way that doesn't impose on the workforce and also where it does maybe ask something from the workforce, the workforce will be able to understand understand and relate to it and agree on it as well. And so to, you know, in our, in our idea, this is an approach that can actually get good results on efficiency, ask less of the workforce and actually improve the relations, you know, among the people at a company. Joshua, I'd like to add a little bit to that. In my experience, the idea of change for better that's been taking place for decades in our organizations, especially in the United States, obviously every now and then takes a different form. And lean being the centerpiece since the 80s has really become a good method for many companies to consider for their improvement, both in efficiency and effectiveness and quality-wise of their organization. What happens is in the execution management or leadership who consider to use this system to help their organization to change and improve, they don't really truly understand the main purpose of the lean. And what happens is they are very happy with cosmetic changes. And I call them in general cosmetic. All, see, all you see is these uh, beautification, if you will, or some nice graphics and some nice uh, data displays and so on. And and they have good reasons to do that because they do claim that uh, we did change from uh, point A to point B by displaying and showing that our improvements in these metrics work. 
Case in point is one of the companies that I was invited to go ahead and evaluate their lean journey and give them an idea of what's the next step. They thought they've already gone all the way and they didn't know what else to improve on. And I go and I attended their daily morning meetings where these uh, lean teams would come and present what they did and uh, what they're going to do next. They would talk about their metrics and so on. I attended that right after the meeting, which is about an hour. And uh, they had asked me to evaluate and present my ideas. And I asked one of the groups who uh, presented a question about the other group who presented. No clue. Had no clue what happened. Because the idea was already dead. The goal in their minds was already achieved. And lean is not a goal to achieve. Lean is a continuous identification of opportunities and improvement of the organizational system. But here's the catch. Focused on the product's time and quality. That is the critical catch. And if we fulfill whatever product needs throughout the moment it is introduced as an order or customer order or work order for the company to accomplish until it is leaving the facility to the customer's hand, at that time frame, if we allow all the support resources or serving of what we need to do to the product to sail through as fast as possible, as high quality as possible. That's the only way lean is going to be successful. By displaying a lot of different color coded or graphs and so on and being lost on what really we did and how in a whole system it is really helping the product, it loses its uh, sense. To me, it is really important to understand where the objective is. So Sean, one of the the things worth mentioning right here is that there are a number of people who probably aren't using lean at the moment and probably aren't thinking nearly as systemically as they could be for their businesses. So the subtitle of your book is Taking Lean Systems to the Next Level. Where would you recommend people start to begin thinking about lean systems and how applicable they are to their particular business? Is quantum lean a place to start? Would you recommend them starting elsewhere? What are your thoughts there? Uh, I would absolutely recommend starting at Quantum Lean. I mean, you know, obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but the reason that Michael and I did Quantum Lean is for this very reason. We give like small businesses, any kind of business, a very nice entry ramp into Lean because the book starts, you know, the first, you know, kind of third of it starts with the concepts. It's very easy to read, very simple. And then it's backed up with a whole lot of detailed guidance for implementation later on. So pretty well, you've got a handbook for implementing a lean system. Now, the the latter part, the latter two-thirds, you can pick or choose which parts of those you want to look at based on what you're thinking you ought to do. The first third of the book will give you a framework in which to evaluate your business, determine what you need to work on first, second, third, you know, according to priority. And then you can refer to the rest of the book in terms of getting ideas for how to go about making those changes. And I would recommend this to any business. And I think Quantum Lean is the absolute best place to start because it is the simplest lean system you're going to get. And uh, I'll, I'll add, you know, the people who practice lean constantly emphasize how simple 
what they do is. But if you start looking, if you start scratching it a little bit, there are all kinds of complicated ideas that start happening. And, you know, you're kind of looking at it from 30,000 feet and it looks simple. But once you get to ground level, people are often at a complete loss as to how to actually apply those ideas to their own specific situation. And that's when Michael and I did Quantum Lean. It was with that idea to let people bridge that gap between really good ideas and their specific situation. Now, Michael, for a lot of people, lean is something that they may have heard of. But once again, as I've said previously in this interview, they don't necessarily know exactly what that means. But you start saying names like Henry Ford or Japanese manufacturing, and it begins to give people a little bit more of an idea. Could you give people the high level ideas or principles behind lean? And then maybe if you want to differentiate between lean as often uh, experience versus quantum lean, you can do that as well. Yes, and you're right. When you mention these big names, Henry Ford, even nowadays people know Taiichi Uno, the, the father of implementing Lean as a whole in Toyota system, who actually learned most of his learning from Henry Ford. When you mention these names, people get attention, they give you attention, but the idea is very simple. To me, in any size of the business, in any type of the industry, or as an organization, you need to find out what you want. And if you know exactly what you want in terms of your growth, your changes, your improvement, it's very simple. At the end of the day, it comes down to two keywords, efficiency and effectiveness. Efficiency obviously addresses the productivity of the business and effectiveness addresses the quality of the business. And they both come down to the product. Product is defining factor for both efficiency and effectiveness. If product has high quality and faster going through the system, then you're efficient, you save a lot of money, you have repeat customers because of the quality and because of going through the facility faster with no delays and no hiccups, your cost of operations are going to be very low. Therefore, the product costs you much, much less. Now you have a you have an option of introducing your high quality product for low price beat the competition in the market, or you can even offer it in a better price and have much, much higher margin. So those are advantages. However, getting back to what people really need to know about Lean, it's very simple. It's a system of ensuring that your organization will continually improve on its products being high quality, faster to be reaching the customer, and at the same time, having the opportunity to save a lot of money. That's a very simple situation. Now, trying to get these three things together is very difficult because uh, in our society, we are brought up that you can't really have all these three and enjoy because if you want high quality product, you have to spend a lot of money. If you want fast be receiving the product, you have to pay premium. Just like today, we see that in practice with Amazon. Amazon Prime, you get extra fee paid to enjoy Prime, which to me is ridiculous because if you can deliver it that fast, why not deliver it all the time anyway? The idea of Lean is that you can deliver fast, high quality all the time. You can have all three. Unlike what we have learned that you cannot have, you can only have two by spending a lot of money and so on. So to me, is very important for all the folks in any size of the business to understand that their Lean journey is not for showing themselves and making their operations in a way that brings them only profit or higher profit. Profit and money is a consequence of 
focusing on the product's journey throughout the facility. So if you really pay attention to what happens to the product, to work order from the customer and how it is completed and fulfilled and goes out to the customer's hand, the profits will follow, absolutely will follow. That's one of the drawbacks we have in our society, in my opinion, that a lot of management focus on the money as opposed to focusing on the nature of the business, which is the product that the business produces, whether it's in the form of goods or services, business is built for producing that for offering that particular goods or services. Business is not built to make money. If they were built to make money, they would be having printers and printing the cash. That's not the business for. Business is making product. And the consequence of that, if you are good at it, then the profit and money will follow. That's one thing I want to make sure that audience understand. In Quantum Lean, our focus is on the product because everything comes down to the product. Product is the only entity that outside world to the organization knows the organization by, understands the organization's existence for a purpose of producing that product. They don't know how inside of the organization is. We don't know what happens inside a facility. As a customer, all I want is the product to be satisfied with. So if that's the case, why not focus everything on the product to ensure that that product has the highest possible attention we can get to it to become high quality and faster serving a customer. Now, going back to the quantum lean differentiation and how it has been implemented, simplicity is what Sean also addressed is all about in our case. When we go to facilities for the past many, many years, we have been invited to organizations who have started a lean journey and they haven't reached far and they have been truly swarmed with a lot of complications and they get lost. And we go there, we start identifying, look, you don't need to worry about all of these resources because people get obsessed with resources. I want to cut man hours. I want to cut overtime. I want to do this. I want to do that. Let's spend less money. And I'm not utilizing my resources, my equipment much. Equipment utilization is a big factor in uh, measuring organizational improvement or financial health, which is to me ridiculous because if you're utilizing the equipment and building more and more of the products, but you're not able to sell it and it just sits there, that's much more difficult to, under, to, to digest in terms of financial loss. So we are not talking about resources and being obsessed with it. We are talking about very simple approach, focus on the product, resource will follow. Don't be lost with a lot of resource obsession and try to reduce this, reduce that, to try to make your numbers look good. That's not the lean about. Lean is about having the customer served at the best possible offering of your product in the fastest way. Very simple. Sean, real quick, I'd like to hear what the difference is between Kaizen and Lean, are these similar systems? As I, as I hear the idea of continuous identification of opportunities and things like that when it comes to Lean, it sounds like it's very similar to Kaizen at the same time. This could just be me speaking from ignorance, but what is the difference? Maybe some similarities, comparisons, contrasts here. Yeah, in my mind, uh, Kaizen is often considered a part of Lean and Kaizen just means, you know, like a slow, continuous improvement, like you were suggesting, you know, like in lean, they'll often just try to pursue those small 
gains incremental and having a whole lot of people pursuing them at the same time, you know, and then it amounts over time to a very large change like compound interest. And that's, you know, Kaizen as opposed to like quantum leaps of change. Kaizen is just this very small continuous thing. I've enjoyed the conversation today, Sean and Michael. And before we go, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with, whether it's something that you'd like to reiterate from our conversation or something we just haven't had a chance to discuss yet? What I would uh, suggest to listeners is if you have actually attempted to do lean and let's say if you're happy with it, you know, that's great. It's working for you. Beautiful. I would suggest quantum lean because I think it gives you a way to even take your lean efforts to a different level for those who have been using lean and have been disappointed by the results. I would definitely suggest quantum lean because I think it's the antidote to what your problems with lean have been prior. I'm not going to guarantee it, but I think the chances are very high because this quantum lean will give you a bridge where you can relate the ideas of what lean is about to your specific situation. And it's a much simpler way of looking at things. And you don't have to remember as many terms. You don't have to learn as many symbols, you know, there's just a lot of different things, but you, you can really be simple about it. And for those who've never looked at lean at all, I think quantum lean is a beautiful introduction to the fundamental ideas of lean. And to me, lean can do anything for practically any business, whether it's services or manufacturing. And, uh, you know, just as one example, if we talk about airlines, Southwest Airlines is a beautiful example of a business that puts quantum lean ideas into effect. And I won't go into the, the whys of it. You'll, if you read the book, you'll see why it's explained in the book. But, you know, ultimately by pursuing quantum lean ideas, Southwest Airlines has had results in terms of employee satisfaction, customer satisfaction, and financial performance that has absolutely outstripped every other airline in the business. And all the other airlines do conventional business practices or lean is mainly experienced, and they've had pretty disappointing results. So again, I'd say Quantum Lean is a book that can really work for anybody. Joshua, I'll leave our audience with this analogy. I think... If anybody who has had any kind of experience in cooking or if uh, they have observed cooking in their own kitchen or whatnot, you can take quantum lean book in a very simple way and observe it this way. When you want to cook a meal, you look into what you have, your current situation, what are the ingredients you have, what what are the ingredients you need. You have a situational analysis, an understanding of where you stand. Then you follow the recipe. The first third of our book talks about the lean idea itself and what it is about and how you should really understand that. Where are you standing with respect to your lean desires? Then it has this outline of what to follow, how to start, what to focus on step by step. That's the recipe that you follow. The latter third of the book talks about the results, talks about what you can gain, what you expect to gain. Because if you do first two portions right, the expected result is going to come out. And that's the same thing with the cooking. If you do your preparatory activities and understanding of where you are, what you have to use and how to use them with the recipe follow, you know the result is going to be very delicious. That would be my recommendation to our audience. Go ahead and get the book. Enjoy that. I guarantee you will going to have a huge, wonderful change in your facilities, even in your lives. It's very simple. It's very easy to follow. It will affect you in a positive way that you never imagined. 
Well, Michael and Sean, if people have enjoyed what they've heard from you today, in addition to going and picking up the book, if they like to connect with you personally, where would you like for them to go to find out more about you and the work that you do? Yeah, I would say the best and easiest way to get hold of us is through our nonprofit organization, Beehive Fund. Our website is www.beehivefund.org. And the best way to get hold of me is my first name, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at beehivefund.org. Very simple. I'm very happy to uh, serve whoever has any kind of questions or has any kind of issues that they want to talk to us. We are nonprofit. We don't bite. We don't ask you to put a deposit first before we talk to you. We don't charge you for those kinds of things. We are very open. And uh, yeah, to get in touch with me, very similar to what Michael said, go to beehivefund.org. And my email address is s.fields, F-I-E-L-D-S, at beehivefund.org. And like Michael said, we're, you know, we're pretty easygoing, loose guys. And, uh, you know, if you just want to talk or flesh out an idea, we'd certainly be glad to do that. All right, Sean and Michael, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Once again, if you'd like to connect with Sean and Michael, you can go to beehivefund.org. That and other ways to connect with each one of them can be found in the show notes below. Now, let's go ahead and get you today's three key takeaways. The first one is this. Lean allows businesses to have the best in quality, speed, and cost. Some people say you can only have two of those. Pick whichever two you like, but you can't have all three. But what Sean and Michael were saying today is that you can have all three if you follow an effective lean system. System. The second key takeaway is this. Everything comes down to product. If you focus on product, profit will follow. And the third key takeaway responds to what some of you might be thinking right now, which is if you just focused on product, are other things going to fall by the wayside? And one of the things that was said at the end of the interview is that focusing on product for the customer does not have to hurt organizational culture or employee satisfaction. We see that in organizations like Southwest Airlines that focus on effective lean systems, but also have a very strong organizational culture and high employee satisfaction, as well as having a great product and satisfied customers. Speaking of satisfied customers, people keep on downloading the Leadership Action List, which is free weekly leadership development for an entire year. It's 52 action steps, one a week for an entire year that you can be doing to improve your leadership. If you'd like a copy of the Leadership Action List, I encourage you to download that for free at leadershipactionlist.com. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. 
Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.